You are listening to Iron Wine, My Wife and I, Episode 2, Our Endless Numbered Days. Hello everybody, welcome to Iron Wine, My Wife and I, my name is Sietse. Hi, I'm Marijke. And this is the second part of my quest to turn you into a true Iron and Wine fan, just as myself. Yes, let's see if you can succeed. Yeah, let's see if I can make the the next step. I mean, last time you said that you were intrigued, so I think that's a very good start. Yes, I think at the moment I'm still intrigued, but I'm not there yet. No, no, but we have still some ground to cover. I still see some room for improvement so uh, let's just see what uh, today's discussion brings people who have listened to our previous episode know that uh, this podcast is all about me trying to convince you of the quality of the music of iron and wine i'm a big fan every time i turn it on you say something like yeah it's nice background music and uh, i'm such a fan i think it's it's so much more than that there's a lot more to discover and a much more uh, to love in his music and you have generously agreed to listen to all of the uh, full-length studio albums of iron and wine so we can have a discussion about it you study it a little bit and uh, each episode we select a couple of tracks that stand out to us have a conversation around it and afterwards uh, yeah you can tell me if i succeeded in getting you one step closer to becoming an iron and wine fan yeah so this is what happened after last uh, recording you almost immediately put the next (laughs) recording session in our calendar to make sure that i was prepared again Uh, so i did my homework Wow, great. Yeah. That's awesome. So you've listened to Iron and Wine's second album, Our Endless Number Days. Uh, I've got it right right here. Yeah, it's a very beautiful cover. Yeah, he, uh, he he made it himself. Yeah, that's what I read somewhere. Because yeah. I see Oh, Sam. you really did do your, yes, your, your research. Yes, I really did do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's cool. Yeah, he made it himself. Uh, he basically does all the artwork for his, uh, for his albums. Yeah, it looks like he's sleeping or dreaming, but after having listened to the entire album... I'm not so sure. Are you suggesting that he might be dead? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, or maybe it's somewhere in between, or maybe it's up uh, for the interpretation for the listener to decide that. So you've listened to the album. Um, Are there any thoughts you want to share before we go to the first track that we've uh, selected to highlight? Yeah, so I thought about last time and how I thought that the other album, Creek that drank the cradle, Creek drank the cradle. The Creek drank the cradle, The Creek yeah. drank the cradle. That was a very poetic album, I think. The title of this album really made me think as well. I mean, Our Endless Number Days, it also seems very poetic and also seems like a contradiction. Endless and numbered. So yeah. what does it all mean? That's what I thought before I started listening. So I really listened to it in the poetical sense this time from the start. Okay, that's that's very interesting. I think also maybe good to point out uh, before uh, we uh, get to our first track is uh, that um, the first album was m- basically a collection of demos that uh, Sam Beam, who was basically Iron and Wine, created at home, which is a four-track recorder. And uh, this time he uh, really hit uh, the studio. Uh, he worked uh, together with other um, musicians. So this was more professionally recorded, uh, you might say. Let's uh, first have a listen uh, to what Sam has to say about that during a 2004 uh, KEXP radio interview, Mm. uh, which, by the way, is also the year that the album was uh, released. Uh, And then uh, let's uh, get to our first track. Wait, so we're going to listen to Sam speaking? Yeah. Oh. Uh, This one we decided to go to the studio, uh, just for mostly for variety's sake. Um, For my own... um, 
I'd never been in a studio before, so it seemed like a good idea, a good experience, and also um, a musical variety as well. So you added a larger assortment of instruments, and you had some guests also mm -hmm. on right. the new release. Right. Uh, Patrick and Sarah both played, and I also had some friends um, named uh, Jeff McGriff and E.J. Holowicki and uh, Jonathan Bradley. And then um, Brian Duck produced yeah. the album. That's the That's Chicago right. connection That's in right. the Chicago studio. And That's he, right. he produced also um, Modest Mouse. That's right. I always think it's funny that he speaks just like he sings. Oh, I was thinking, he sounds so different. Really? His voice is so different when, from what I would have expected oh, that's, from his that's singing. Oh, that's funny. He, he sounds young, and I don't know, when he sings, he, he sounds like an older, wiser man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, in that way. And I, now I, he, I, he just seems like, I don't know, some guy talking about his music. Yeah, but still a soft-spoken guy. True. And that's also the way he sings. Um, anyway, I thought it was fun uh, to share. Maybe it's also good to, to point out that uh, after the first album released, uh, Iron and Wine gained somewhat of a following. Uh, the album was very well uh, received. Uh, I think people really um, fell in love with his like low-budget style that he had for the first album. He also released an EP with some more of that stuff. And although he isn't saying it in the interview snippet we just heard i have the feeling that he didn't want to be like the guy with the bedroom records so i think that's one of the reasons also why he decided to go to a professional studio have an, a producer on this time anyway uh, let's uh, go to the first track that we've both uh, selected uh, it's the second one on the album it's called naked as we came here we go she says wake up it's no use breathing I'll keep stealing, breathing her Birds are leaving over autumn's ending One of us will die inside these arms Eyes wide open Naked as we Spread our ashes round the yard. Yeah, it wasn't a surprise to me that we both uh, voted to pick this song because it's Iron and Wine classic. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very popular song, and I think rightfully so because it's a very beautiful song. Yeah. But Please tell me why it was on your list. I think the opening is very beautiful with the, with the guitar strumming. And also it reminds me a lot of you because you sit on our couch and you try and play this song. So I don't know, that made me feel feelings. <laughs> <laughs> it made you feel feelings. Yeah. Huh? And then I started doing my homework and listening to the song and reading the lyrics at the end. It made me cry again because... Yeah, okay. So if you really listen to what he's singing, I think it's very beautiful because in the end he says, if I leave before you, darling, don't you waste me in the ground. And I think hey, you can take this song very literal, that it is about two lovers sitting together and they say to each other, one of us will die one day and uh, we... Uh, we won't be together with the children anymore and one of us will have to spread the ashes of the other. But 
And I see that that in more of, of his songs that you can also take it very figuratively. So it could be maybe the end of a relationship or maybe starting something new, uh, saying this won't last forever. Yeah. Oh, I that's thought it was very I, beautiful. I, I never really took it this way. Oh, how did you take it? Well, only in like the literal sense that it's a couple talking about mortality and death, and but not in a dark way just in a no. poetic way or in yeah in accepting their faith already mm. and like you hinted on the before the album has death as a main theme but hardly ever in a dark harsh way but more in like it's part of nature something like that but still we as human beings have to relate to it somehow we have to deal with it so um yeah i think it's very very pretty yeah, and I think it's also in the title of the album, Our Endless Numbered Days. Yeah. I mean, our days are numbered, numbered, but I think this song really suggests that it's also endless because we live on in people that love us. And in this song, that could be your lover. And as it reminded me of you playing this song on the couch, yeah, I thought about us living forever in each other's memory until also the second person dies, of course. But then maybe... In our daughter. Yeah. Well, I must say, uh, last time it took Sam about seven songs to make yeah. you cry. And this time it's... It's it's a second song. It's the yeah. second song already. I also feel that it paid off that he's recording this in a studio. You yeah. can hear uh, Sarah Beam, his sister, doing uh, the harmony. While on the first album, uh, he sang his own harmonies. So I feel it really adds something. And yeah, and they mix together very well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the, the guitar sound is really, really good. We're very, very clear. Although you can you can hear Sam make a slight mistake, I think, in the beginning. And really? I think it's really good that, yeah, just uh, the way the, the, the string rings. Mm. And they must have noticed that. And I think they thought, well, let's not make it too slick and too perfect mm. and just leave it in. And uh, that also makes it warm and relatable. And, yeah, maybe capture the feel of a guy with his guitar just plucking away. Yeah. And also, did you see the video? Listeners, you should watch the video. It's it's kind of pretty. Do you That's think right. he had anything to do with this video? I haven't researched that, but I think he did. Like I said, he did his own artwork. He knew his film stuff. So my guess would be that he's uh, involved in, in some way. But like I said, I haven't checked it out uh, beforehand. Uh, any more thoughts about this song before uh, we close off this topic with a special version of the song that I dug up? Let's hear the special version. Okay, it's an, a version with an orchestra, uh, because when uh, the album had its uh, 15th anniversary, he um, performed the entire album with the uh, NSO Pops Orchestra. And I'm very frustrated that it never got officially released. So all I have is some YouTube videos of it. Oh. So I'm still a bit bummed out, and I still hope that there's a good recording of it, and someday it'll, uh, it'll get released, but... Uh, I think it sounds very, very good. Here we go. You see, they're, they're already enthusiastic. Die 
I like it that he changes the melody. And also, uh, after the, the chorus, eyes wide open, naked as we came, ashes round the yard. I think the violins give it something optimistic. So mm. it, it's not sad at all. I'm not sure if I agree, but uh, let's not uh, go into that too deep. And uh, let's just uh, move on to the next uh, track, which is also one that surprisingly, I think, we both picked because it's uh, Teeth in the Grass. And I was surprised with myself when I uh, put it on the list and then you did so as well. So please tell me why you selected it. Yeah, okay. So it was not in my top two, but I did mark it as an interesting song. And I think it has something to do with how the, how the album is constructed. Uh, so after Naked As We Came, we have Sinner and Smoke, which is also an interesting song, I think. And then Sunset Soon Forgotten. And I thought that was a bit boring. I don't know. Just some love lullaby again. That was too much background noise, I think. So then teeth... Background in- noise even. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but then Teeth in the Grass came and it made me sit up again. Yeah, so it's like a change of pace. Yeah, something different. I think it's an it's a great song. The lyrics are very simple. It's just a few lines, um, but still, it fits this. It fits the theme of the album, I think, a bit. In my opinion, it's not necessarily about death, but it's about when everything is good. There's still gonna be struggles and fighting and bad stuff happening as well. That's my interpretation. What do you make of it? Yeah, I wrote down. What does it all mean? And then. I looked at the fine. I was at the final verse, and when there's nothing to want, when we're all brilliant and fast, when all tomorrows are gone, there will be teeth in the ground. And then I thought, okay, so if tomorrow's gone, we're probably dead and buried, and what's in the ground are teeth. Hmm. So is it about death again? But then I couldn't really fit it in with the first and the second verse because it's about perfume and give me your house and being brothers at last. So yeah. And does my interpretation do anything for you or do you still think it's a bit cryptic? I'm not sure. Tell me your explanation again. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's painting like a, a, a good situation, like they're brothers at last uh, and, and stuff like that. Uh, but still, there will be teeth in the grass, so there will be fighting. Mm. 
because somebody because when you fight somebody will knock your teeth out and yeah fall in the grass yeah that's what I make of it but if you read the first verse where it's about being lovers at last yeah well lovers that, fight as well 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 not with slapping someone else's teeth in the grass well some honey do. <laughs> well some people do and mm. you could also take it as a metaphor for yeah. arguing or fighting or I mean sooner or later there will be trouble in paradise I mean yeah that's just the way life is so mm. yeah and like you I really like the change of pace the variation that in my opinion sometimes lacks in the first album is better with this album because they can bring up an entire band and it all sounds a bit better and more dynamic yeah. so that's what I really like about it and uh, this is more or less the first um, example of that on this album yeah I like although it. it's also a, li a little bit in the opening track but uh, let's not go backwards uh, in, the, in the album <laughs> and uh, leave it for what it is any more you want to share about this that particular the, that song? The guitar licks are great. Nice. I loved it. And now I want to cheat with my own rules a little bit. Uh-oh. Because I've selected two alt alternate versions uh, for this one. Okay, well, we haven't talked about Teeth in the Grass that long. No, so. I, I, I tried to cut it short <laughs> so we would have time to do this as well. Because I think in a live show, uh, like he did uh, in 2005 at the Norfolk Festival, the song becomes even a bit more dynamic. Because if you would go to that show, it sounded like this. Brothers at last, there will be food in our mouths, there will be teeth in the grass, 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 there will be teeth in the grass. So yeah, there he goes, full folk rock with the song. Yeah, now that's something I could dance to. Yeah, and I even saw you uh, nodding your head uh, up yeah, and down. I thought for this his one. concerts would be sitting down concerts, but this doesn't sound like a sitting down concert. No, because he's very versatile. That's one oh. of the great things. Mm. I, I do think that a lot of people probably were thinking the same thing as you <laughs> back in the day after hearing especially the first album and the EP with like the very mellow, slow, acoustic stuff, and then getting a full band playing this. But uh, yeah, I think it sounds really awesome. Um, and the second alternate version is from a bit later. It's from uh, 2011 for the French radio. Uh, and then they made it more into a softer song. Oh. And then it sounded like this.
Yeah, I can already tell by your <laughs> facial expression that you didn't like the second one. I should no. have stayed to just the first alternate version. Okay, but okay, it does show that it's versatile. Rules. Does this also mean that one of the slower songs, he makes them up-tempo? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I think we'll see examples of that later on in the podcast series. Not for this one just yet. Ooh. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, there's a bit of a teaser. Cliffhanger. Yeah. And uh, I've learned a lesson. I shouldn't break my own rules because uh, <laughs> if I had just played you the first <laughs> alternate version, I think uh, I've scored some points. And uh, now I lost them by playing the second oh, yes, one as well. yes, we're keeping score. Yeah. I forgot. Nobody really knows how the score works. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's uh, skip a couple of songs of the album. And uh, that brings us to Each Coming Night, uh, the eighth track on the album. And uh, here we go. Will you say to me when I'm gone your face is faded but lingers on cause light strikes a deal with each coming Sam Bean, you've done it. <laughs> yeah, people, of course, can't see this, but uh, you are crying again. Do you yeah. need a minute? Yeah. Want a zip of tea? <laughs> One minute. <laughs> okay, so this song made me very emotional again, <laughs> but then I'm kind of an emotional person, so I don't know. Uh, I think this song is beautiful from the start. I love the melody. I uh, read in an interview that he, he doesn't consider himself a poet, but I think the way he writes his music, well, I said it last time, but I'll say it again. It is very poetic, I feel. Like w one of the lines is, we both dove and rose to the riverside, which has both had beautiful use of the vowels and also alliteration in one sentence. So technically. So technically, yeah, yeah very well done. And what made me cry is the last verse. So the verse we just listened to when he says, will you say to me when I'm gone, your face has faded but lingers on because light strikes to deal with each coming night. And to me, he's saying his love is physically gone, but it still remains in his thought. And the deal that is struck with the light or normal yeah. life or the day is making sure that the loved ones are there in our dreams. So again, like the theme of the album, something is gone not it's still yeah. there you lose someone but he or she still remains yeah and in a way i think it's like a almost a companion piece to naked as we came because it's both about the same topic and it's also about what people are saying to each other in the first one it's about what they are saying to each other when they are still alive about dying and this one is about what will you say when i'm gone yeah so yeah i think that's very very interesting and i really liked 
the different verses and that they all give a different ex perspective from the parents and from the children and from the lover. Although I found the verse about him being a father, I didn't quite get that because he says something like, if you are judgment day. Your father's body was judgment day. Yeah, yeah. what does that mean? I'm not sure. Because I looked up, okay. Is it like an expression that yeah. we don't know of? Could be. I couldn't find anything about that. So judgment day is when God is going to say, is going to look down on us and say how you've done. And if you're good. Yeah, it, it, it feels a bit bad. threatening to me, but that doesn't really fit with the rest of the song and lyrical content. So oh. that's probably not it. Um, I don't know. And also the ending, what I find very beautiful is that it's going a bit slower right before the final verse. And then after he, he sang the title, Each Coming Night, it's again uplifting. So to me, it strengthens the feeling of, okay, you're gone, but it's okay. Yeah, because like strikes a deal with Each Coming Night. Yeah. And, and uh, by the way, I, I you said something about dreams. I feel like the deal is that after the night, there will be light again. Oh, interesting. To me, that's the deal. So, yeah, we have day and night. We have light and darkness. Yeah, they come and go. That That's the deal. I, I can see you took quite some notes uh, for this one. Anything else you want to discuss before we uh, have a listen to the alternate version? No, not really. I tried to sing it, but I, I can't yet. <laughs> <laughs> because you're tearing up? Because I'm tearing to... up, yeah. Aww. Yeah. That must be at least two points. <laughs> four points. Wow, four points. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, so um, we're going to listen to a snippet of a 2005 version of this song uh, played for WLRN Radio. To me, I must admit, all those American radio stations sound like they just took four <laughs> <laughs> random letters and... Five, two, K, Y, Z, radio. That makes just as much sense <laughs> to me as this one. But uh, anyway, uh, they had Sam on the show. So uh, uh, you don't hear me complaining. And um, he played this song on his own and it sounded like this. recording wasn't all that great but i thought it was a, a nice rendition of the song mm. um so we're on to our uh, last one kind of hurts me that we are going to have to skip over free until they cut me down because it's another a more up-tempo song yeah and but i'm what's it on your list or no but i wrote down that i like the musical part in the middle and oh this was one of the first song songs listening to it that made me want to move my body as well you can tend, tend to like the up-tempo songs a bit more. Yeah. Right? Okay. But uh, unfortunately, we didn't select it, so uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to fade it out. <laughs> Away with free until they cut me down. Away you could have chosen it. Yeah, I could have, but uh, I decided to, to go for the other ones. I mean, I had to make some tough choices here. And that brings us to the final track of the album, 
called Passing Afternoon, which wasn't on my list, but it was on yours. So why did you select it? I liked it. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a great <laughs> that's that's a great reason. But it's another slow song, and it is. You've called uh, one of Sam's songs um, a boring lullaby, I think, twice now. <laughs> and why, in your opinion, isn't this one of those? Yeah. Why? Good question. It feels like I don't know if it's yeah. Maybe we should listen to it first. Okay, let's do that. She's chosen to believe in the hymns her mother sings. Sunday pulls his children from their piles of fallen leaves. There are sailing ships that pass all our bodies in. I must say, even though this song wasn't on my list to discuss, I think it's a great closing song for the album. Yeah, I think so too. Because it really sums up most of the themes. The orchestration works really well. And I like the fact that uh, it has the one of the lines is the uh, title for the album. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to use the title of your album, of course, but I think it's nice that with the final song, you, it kind of clicks like, ah, so that's where it's coming from. Yeah, Something like I that. think it's about life moving on and i think it's really cool that there is no uh, chorus it's just verses yeah and the verses all refer to like the season changing the seasons changing so that to me highlights the feeling of you know life goes on and it's and it isn't a song that has a lot of change in it it's very very repetitive but after having heard the entire album, it felt, I don't know, like closure. I, I agree. I think on its own, it's not the best song. But as part of the entire album, yeah. and as like the final song, it really works. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I do like it. I do want to thank you for uh, pointing that out. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, before we are going to uh, listen to uh, our final, final piece of music, uh, and I'm going to tell just a little bit about that how do you feel about this album as a whole well i'm i'm still not there yet even and though there being a big there fan being a big fan also i'm not there in being a fan but i do like some of his songs did this album uh, bring you closer there yes did it, it brought uh, me closer because Last album, I cried once. This <laughs> album, I cried twice. <laughs> and is, is, is that the only way you measure the quality of music? Or Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> and that's why I hate insert happy music here. Yeah. No. <laughs> Actually, you love a lot of pop music. I so. love pop music. Yeah. 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 But I think in his genre, he gets me when he makes me emotional but it's, I think it's a thin line still. 
because there are also a couple of songs on this album which didn't resonate with me. But then Fair again, enough. two of the songs really resonated with me. And there were also a couple of songs that, yeah, I liked. And then there were a couple of songs that were, okay, yes, this is nice for the background. Yeah, so. okay, well, that's that's fair enough. And yeah. I think uh, two out of 12 uh, isn't a bad score. Well, it's more than two out of 12 because we both picked the four songs. No, but I mean the, the two the, oh, two, the criers, two The two criers. The, the two tear jerkers. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, yeah. you, do you ever cry when listening to Iron and Wine? Not on the record, I think. I think going to concerts makes me cry more. Yeah, I think the last two concerts I went to, and one of them was only yesterday, uh, I teared up a bit. Yeah, but that wasn't Iron and Wine. It was no, that was Counting Crows. Yeah, but that's all, that also has something to do with realizing that you are there in the moment and yeah. you seeing bands you like play music that means something to you with all these people surrounding you and then the whole atmosphere and stuff. Uh, yeah. So I don't think recorded music makes me cry that fast. Some Dutch songs, I think, because then the lyrics cut can cut just a bit deeper. Mm. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm no robot. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you are no robot. I'm no robot. Mm. Yeah. So uh, to close off our discussion, um, I want to point out that this uh, album was even more successful than uh, the first one. It sold over 500,000 copies. So that's uh, pretty well. Good on you, Sam. Good on you, Sam. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, it uh, made his uh, star shine uh, even a bit brighter. And uh, that's also why um, in 2019, when the album had its 15th anniversary, uh, a special uh, edition was released. Unfortunately, not with the performance with the orchestra on it as a separate disc but with some uh, demos of the songs which is interesting i always love it when uh, bands release their demos because i like stripped down versions and early versions and, and stuff like that but in this case it's nice because it gives you an idea of what it may have been when it was done the same way as the first album so i want to end this episode with the demo version of a passing afternoon uh, but not before, I want to thank you for uh, podcasting with me again. You're welcome. And of course, I'm going to give you uh, another assignment. Homework. Homework. Next mm -hmm. time, we are going to talk about the album, The Shepherd's Dog. Is this the album with the dog on the cover and with the song with the cat? That's the one. Oh, yeah. We're and I think, there. Uh, yeah, you might be up for some surprises, but uh, that's for uh, mm -hmm. our next conversation. So thanks again. And of course, I want to thank everybody out there listening. If you want to reach out to us, please send an email to surewoodpodcast at gmail.com. That's surewoodpodcast at gmail.com. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. And until next time. Bye. Bye. There are things that drift away Like our endless number days Autumn Quilt right on the perfect bed she made And she's chosen to believe